Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Joe Hammond, primary school music and computing specialist here, live from London. Today, we will be talking about pets in schools, and I will be joined by special guest Matthew Ward, coding, game development, and Minecraft extraordinaire and lecturer. Live from London. This is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. <coughs> All right, so... Um, those that um, have listened to my preview, ah, ah, no, didn't want to do that. Um, so those that have listened to my previous episodes will know I love, um, at the moment, I'm a little bit obsessed with this uh, air horn sound effect. Um, and I think something that deserves a bit of an air horn today is um, the fact that um, uh, Graham, our voiceover uh, master, has made my own personal intro now, so I think that deserves a few air horns. Um, so special thank you to Graham for that. Um, and yeah, so today's topics and today's things that I would like to talk about are the following. I would like to talk about um, pets in schools or animals in schools, and um, and I'd be interested to hear listeners um, live or um, listening in via the podcast if they've had any ex- any significant experiences of uh, pets um, uh, or, or animals being in school. Um, so that's going to be the first thing we talk about. Then I'm going to play and sing some more songs. And then after that, I will be joined by my special guest. And my special guest for today is Matthew Ward, a good friend of mine who runs Club Minecraft, who has uh, just actually joined us and um hello matt um so at two o'clock um the last segment i will be talking to matt and uh we will be discussing computer science coding education minecraft all sorts of stuff um so yeah that will be good to um that will be good to good to hear so but first, um, pets in schools or animals in schools. Now, that I, I've actually had quite a few examples of um, pets or animals in, in schools because before I um, got the job at my special um, progressive school, um, we actually we actually did have a few instances of um where the kids would be able to look after animals and see them and i think it's quite a common thing certainly for primary schools it's quite a common theme 
to for them to to do in nursery in early years it's quite common um to for for children to directly see the process of uh chicks hatching and then um and then getting to look after those uh chicks um that's uh and and seeing seeing them feeding them getting to feel them so that they get that experience and i think that's um yeah i i that that's quite a common thing in early years um but actually having it as a regular thing is much rarer um and and in fact with my school we moved to a new site um we moved to a new site this year. Last year, we were at a different site, which was essentially my boss's house, our head teacher's house, um, and school were the same place. Um, and uh, that family, they have um, eight, ch- uh, nine chickens. Eight of them are male cockerels, so it does get very loud there. Um, but what happened was... They had um, they had three females and three males, but then sadly the three females um, got eaten by a fox. Um, it was pretty tragic, actually. Um, so we're a bit upset about that. But then um, this local nursery put out an uh, advert on uh, social media asking for um, asking for um, oh, would, would anyone like to like to take on these chicks um now that we've done our um now that we've done our chick hatching unit in 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 our earliest setting and um my boss said yeah we'll we'll take them um just got slightly unlucky that you know we've um got overwhelming majority of them were male um uh, so it does it does get very loud at the house you hear pretty constant um crowing from all the uh, all the male chickens and uh some of them are actually quite aggressive <laughs> um but there you go um it was it was a good lesson it was a good lesson for the kids actually because we could let them know that okay these chickens right they're not like dogs okay they don't don't actually like you putting your fingers in and they will they will try and peck you and bite you if you do um so it was it was a lesson for them to to be careful around the uh the male the male chickens in particular uh the feet because the females were fine although they would think your fingers food if you put them in but yeah so that's um looking after that that's my uh school story of looking after chickens in our new sites um we haven't got any chickens but we are we do have animal housing and we are in the process of looking after um or, or our children are going to do a project eventually where they're going to research um how does they're going to research how animals what what animals would it be possible for us as a school to look after because we have a groundskeeper and we wanted the groundskeeper to be living sadly that wasn't going to work out so we um but we do we do have a a groundskeeper who's full time but 
doesn't live on site. Um, so the children are going to research which animals can be looked after um, and don't need constant attention um, or, or somebody to be there all the time. And hopefully we'll be able to then get some school animals. Um, not sure what those animals will be, but um, we shall we shall see. Um, now, dogs in schools, because um, this is one thing that um, I think every school, and or at least there are so many students that would benefit from having a properly trained pat dog or therapy dog or, or a reading dog or at least you know a school dog some somebody to provide a pet to provide that sense of comfort and not and not any dog can do it it is um it is something that dogs have to dogs have to be well trained they have to have a certain temperament and um I guess also, obviously, you've got to be careful because some people are allergic to certain animals. And so if, you know, you have a child or an adult who's allergic to dogs, that could be a bit of a tricky thing to navigate. But um, it could be very much... It, 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 I, I've seen many instances where it can be incredibly successful. So... One of my previous jobs, I used to work in a special needs school. And in that special needs school, we had, um, uh, I managed to, my one of my friends managed to get a, um, her golden retriever qualified as a reading dog. So then they the okay uh, the owner and uh, the dog was called mabel so mabel and her owner Kay would come in and um they would have some books and uh, the children could pet mabel and read with beside uh read beside her and it last it lasted for a while um mate they had to stop um unfortunately down the road because mabel fell quite seriously ill she's o she's okay now she's quite an old um she's quite old now so they're not gonna carry on however um for a while for a, um about a year it was really successful um the children and the adults and myself i love dogs i mean i live on my own and uh, in a flat so i can't have a dog myself but if i um when i retire or um if the opportunity comes about where i am able to um have a dog of my own i might well consider it um and but yeah mabel was mabel was amazing um she's just got the perfect temperament where she loves people but she doesn't jump up at them or get overexcited. If you pet her, she would just she just sits with you um, and smiles. Um, it's really adorable. And so with the kids, having that was really was really a boost um, to their confidence. You know, it, it, it made them um it, you know, it brightened it brightened their spirits. Um, 
a lot of the time and it was a good um it was good thing for lots of the kids needs now there are some it, this school where we managed to get the reading dog in was a special is a spe, um a special needs school um where i was a teaching assistant for us uh, uh, um for a year and a half and not every kid would be interested in dogs and in fact there was one child i remember who you know we'd have a list of sort of what works for them what they like and what they don't like and one one particular child um one of the things they didn't absolutely didn't like at all was dogs um i and i guess different people have different opinions and different experiences but yeah do, um there are certain kids who got so much out of having this golden retriever just come and sit with them it was very it was very sweet so that was that was really successful um in now in my current school before we moved to the new site because um it was the head teacher's house they have an american cocker spaniel um and i would um during my lunch break every morning i'd get you know um i'd say hi to her um and i would also sneak into where she was um chilling uh during my lunch breaks and just uh i'd sneak in and just um sit with her and to give her pets and uh she'd ask for belly rubs from me um it was really sweet so that was that was a massive that was a big boost for me because i love dogs um and i know I know lots of the uh, children wanted to say hi to her. Sadly, that wasn't possible because yeah, um, she isn't trained to be a uh, be a dog that can cope with lots of children being around all the time and all, all that stuff. And she gets very protective of her um, my head my head teacher's own children. So um, sadly, that couldn't happen. But um, we are, and I'm hoping this will happen soon, we are in the process of getting a, um, a pat dog. And if we can pull that off, that would be amazing because um, loads of our kids would bet, because um, we're a progressive school and there's a lot of parents and a lot of kids that would really benefit from that, from that interaction. Um so if we can pull that off, that would be amazing. And I know of some actual classrooms and some mainstream schools that that have managed to um, that have managed to get a uh, dog in. Actually, one of my one of my favourite uh, mainstream schools, Flake Fleet Primary School. They were on uh, Britain's Got Talent, I think, in twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen, something like that. Um, they managed to. They managed to get a, um, a a dog to come in and interact with certain students, and that was always really um, when when Dave McPartland, the head teacher, um, made posted photos of it. It was um, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing, very cute, um, and so I'm sure I'm sure the kids will have got a lot out of it. So yeah, dogs dogs are an obvious choice. Um, then. One Twitter account that I follow that I wanted to give some attention to is um, 
Vandine School, um, which is a, a school in Brighton, um, they actually have a, a Twitter account for their goats. They've got um, they've got five resident pygmy goats, um, and um, they yeah they that that's kind of their animal therapy and it's it, it's it's extraordinary they have they have their own twitter account with um near, with over 3000 followers and um yeah some of their posts are just brilliant um at the moment they're um yeah they're on holiday holiday their latest tweet as they're on holiday in, they were on holiday in May. Um, where are they on holiday? Um, oh, Ferring Ferring Country Centre, which is some uh, place that supports adults with learning disabilities. Um, and I presume they will have returned to the school. Um, but yeah, they would. Um, we we literally have the builders in. Oh uh, yeah, so so they went there to support the adults while the builders were in, and uh, they they re- supposedly have returned in September. Um, and yeah, it's ah, uh, they, they I recommend following that Twitter account. It's really extraordinary um, the stuff that they can they can do. Um, so. Yeah, so so they so one one school has goats and they have their own Twitter account, which is kind of amazing. Actually, one thing I wanted to mention about my current school, we do have a fox, and it's extreme. It's an extremely brave fox. It's not like we don't own the fox. However, it really is extraordinary how close this fox comes to us and the kids now if you made sudden movements or wove towards it then it would run off of course but um it really it really did um it really yeah it's really extraordinary yesterday in my lesson in one of my lessons with uh, my reception kids uh, we were we were discussing winter celebrations and we were doing some songs and getting instruments and then the fox just um then the fox just walked across and the kids were uh, oh my god oh my goodness it's the fox and rather than sort of say don't get distracted i said okay just keep very quiet and no sudden movements and it just walked past and um even if we can't approach animals like that um it's good for kids to know the these interactions what they can do what they can't do what they need to do to look after them uh properly so um so yeah we've had a bit about foxes a bit about goats a bit about dogs a bit about chickens um and actually what was quite good was um there was um there was one thing one time when um a nurse uh the nursery of my own mainstream school um at the time instead of doing chicks hatching they did ducklings hatching 
and then we had um then we had our um yeah so ducklings hatched and then one of the one of our teaching assistants um went on to take them in and look after them at home um now obviously that's not always going to be possible it's quite tricky to do that however um that yeah ducklings worked really well for what they want um in a way many said it was better than having chicks and chickens um because well for various reasons and what you could do is you could have them um you could have them uh, you could have them out of their pen and uh they would be great fun they would they would walk around and they they'd interact with you um and it would be yeah it would be great um so um so yeah duck, ducklings also work very well in in earlier settings um just i what i would say to people especially nurseries is sometimes what can happen um and you really want to make sure you avoid this is you can do the experiment you can you know, get the eggs you can hatch them with your nurse uh, early years kids but then make sure that um the animals are going to a happy home afterwards or some some they're going to be looked after properly because sometimes what can happen and this is they can be sent off after the they they've grown too much and then if no one is able to look after them then they're sadly slaughtered um which yeah is a real shame um that that happens so you want to you want to make sure if you're going to do something like that that either the school can look after them throughout their entire life or that your um or that you can that you can have somewhere for them to go where they're going to be looked after properly um so i've just gone on the uh vandine school website vandine school um where those those goats the famous goats um and they've got a section on their website about rabbits they now have um two rabbits called challenge and pride <laughs> those are great names for rabbits um and yeah they now common misconception about rabbits um because oh um christy larder says hi there i'm listening from a very blustery morecambe se secondary school music teacher thank you chris for joining us good to, uh good to have you listening um so I'm not talking about music at the moment, Chris. I will be playing some songs later, primary school-focused songs, but um, I am talking about pets in school or animals in school. I was just mentioning that Vandine School, um, who are quite famous for having goats with a Twitter account with over 3,000 followers, they've got two rabbits. And I was just saying, common misconception about rabbits is that they're easy starter pets. They're really not. They are quite fragile and they take a lot of looking after. Um, my boss, my head teacher, um, so she's got 
nine chickens um well the kids are the main ones that look after them nine chickens eight of which are male um a dog and um two rabbits now um she mentioned yesterday sadly that one of the rabbits lost an eye because um well it got infected and sadly the vet said that well the vet said that there was nothing that they had to remove the eye because it was too far gone. There was nothing they could do, which was really sad. Um, yeah, rabbits are very high maintenance. So I wouldn't recommend that any school take on rabbits because they are very high maintenance and they do they do take a lot of looking after and they are fragile Um Yes, they're very cute, um, and yes, kids kids will love them. But you have to have people who can be extremely committed to keeping an eye on them, to looking after them, to making sure they don't get infected with diseases, to make sure they're protected from bad weather, make sure they're protected from foxes or any other predators. Um, it's got. It's quite. Yeah, they're quite. A ch- it, it can be. It can be challenging, and because rabbits are very good at digging their pen, um, if you if you're going to have them outside, and they do thrive being outside, you have to make sure that they the the their pen is protected to the point where predators can't get in, but also the rabbits themselves can't dig out. Um, so it is a very Rabbits are very challenging um, things. Oh, we've also got um, Ella from Iran listening. Uh, thank you for joining us, Ella. Um, so, so yeah, those those are some examples um, that I've talked about of some of the animals that um, I know about that schools are looking after. Um, so goats, rabbits, um dogs um uh, uh chickens ducks um we've got we've got all sorts um and yeah is it, it can be it can be a it can be hard work and it can be hard to pull off if you haven't got the right grounds but i would say it's very much worth it if you can um if you can get very good if you can get kids on board and if you can get them willing to commit um and adults that are willing to commit to looking after the animals properly um it's it's great lessons to teach the children um about because it raises their empathy um but if they are being kind and caring to the animals it also um they will get a lot out of it themselves because animals are are friendly animals are great at therapy so it i would i would definitely recommend it if people can do it if you can't then you know i completely understand it is a very is a very tough thing to do but um yeah that's my two cents on um animals in schools oh um we also have 
Sela- uh, I think I've said this right, Selassie um joining us thank you for coming in on and listening selassie um okay well that's um that so that's that's my two cents on pets and animals in schools i'm now going to um have a quick ad break and then it'll be time for a few songs Oh, um, before I play the advert, Christy Larder says, also, the school has a responsibility to look after the animals to a very high standard as they are displaying to pupils how to look after animals. Like with any subject or learning, this could stay with kids forever. Yep, spot on. Um, Absolutely spot on. And um, actually, even things like insects, um, because... One thing we have done at my school, we haven't got our animals yet. It is in the process, but we have built bug hotels. The kids have built bug hotels and lots of kids do really love looking for bugs. And we've given them lots of lessons about how to even look after our insects properly, because it's something that our insects are super important. And so many people underestimate that. um, not just bees, but just insects in general. If insect populations decline too much, then it just wrecks a whole ecosystem. Um, There's a lot of reading about that. Anyway, um, quick ad break. Um, I'm going to just have a drink um, and then it will be time for me to play some songs. Okay, the advert file doesn't appear to be uh, playing. I apologize for that. Um, So I'm just going to read from the uh, script um, that we've got um, because, uh, yeah. So one of the sponsors of this show is Oxford University Press. If you need support with your phonics teaching, Oxford University Press now has three DOV validated programs to help you. Read, Write, Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust England Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. To find out more about these programs and receive support from your OUP expert local education consultant, visit www.oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. That's www.oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Okay. So today um, I've got a few songs that I'd like to um, I'd like to play to you I'm gonna um, have to refresh the uh, page because um, my um, my music uh, section is stuck so just bear with me okay let's check that this is all working. <laughs> Yep, if the air horn's working, that means uh, it, that means it's all working. Um, sorry about that. Okay, 
Oh, oh, no, not Wilhelm. Thank you. There we go. Okay, so um, today I've got a few songs for you. Um, and some are primary school songs. Others are... Um, others are... Yeah, uh, songs that I would do on the ukulele. And others... Um, are some warm-up songs so i'm going to take you through some of those i'm just going to check that this plays properly right come on no okay okay um can everybody hear the piano if you're listening live, can you just confirm that the piano is sounding through the uh, microphone? Well, it's showing up on my mic, so um, I presume that that is the case. So, um, yeah, oh, Chris says, yeah. Okay, so first song um i'm gonna play today is why oh i'm gonna do two um primary school focused warm-ups one is gonna be um a um a traditional one uh well they're both pretty traditional actually um one is the grandma rap and the other is who stole the cookie from the cookie jar so for um, the grandma rap there's lots of obvious actions to this one and you can do it as a round too so i'm gonna um i'm just gonna um get going with this grandma grandma sick in bed and the doctor said, Grandma, Grandma, you ain't sick. All you need is a walking stick. Add it up, shake, 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 and shake. Add it down, shake, 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 and shake. Add it up, shake, 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 and shake. Add it down, shake, 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 and shake. To the back, to the front, to the sister side. To the back, to the front, to the sister side. To college, she never went to school, but I bet you want a dollar she can ring all like a fool. Now, I like to do the second verse as a round. I like to repeat the song, but as a round. But it's only me for now, so grandma, grandma, sick in bed. She called for the doctor and the doctor said, Grandpa, grandpa, you ain't sick. All you Walking stick, and a up, shake, 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 and shake, and a down, shake, 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 and shake, and a up, shake, 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 and shake, and a down, shake, 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 and shake, to the back, to the front, to the sister's side, to the back, to the front, to the sister's side. She never went to college, she never went to school, but I bet you bought a dollar, she can wriggle like a fool. And then um, the version I know fades out the track. But um, yeah, that was so that is the grandma rap for you. Now, what I'm going to do 
is um, I'm going to introduce this one, um, and um, and then this is one that you can go just you can sort of keep going round and round and round, and um, you can um, choose a different person every time. It's difficult to end it, but um, it is something that we can. Um, it is. It is. It is something. It is good fun as a warm up. So it's called "Who Stole the Cookie from the Cookie Jar," and you start with the words "Who stole the cookie from the cookie jar," and then you say a name, and then "Stole the cookie from the cookie jar." So. For example, if I was doing myself, it would go, Who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? Joe stole the cookie from the cookie jar. And then um you and then I I would say who me? The everyone else would say, Yes, you. I would say, not me. You would say, then who? And then it would keep repeating. Now there's all sorts of versions you can do, but this is the version I like to do, and you choose a different person each time. I, I also like to put my colleagues on the spot sometimes because that's good fun. So, um, for example, um, who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? Joe stole the cookie from the cookie jar. Who, me? Yes, you, not me, then who? And again, who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? Chris stole the cookie from the cookie jar. Who, me? Yes, you, not me, then who? Who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? Matt stole the cookie from the cookie jar. Who, me? Yes, you, not me, then who? Who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? Joe stole the cookie from the cookie jar. Who, me? Yes, you. Yeah, it was me. Um, that's kind of how I end it. But anyway, that's a great warm-up, and it can just keep going for ages, especially with younger kids. Um, it's a good one to um it's a good one to do. Right then. Um, now it's time for me to play. I'm going what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna play a couple of songs that are sort of the beginner songs for the ukulele so if you've got first time um players um then uh of the ukulele then these are great songs to um teach uh to teach them teach them first one of them is bob marley's three little birds so Right, um, just a quick check. Live listeners, can you hear the ukulele? Let's have a listen back. Yep, ukulele's coming through. Fantastic. Okay, so... Um, for the uh, for those that don't know this, the chords that you need are C, A minor, and uh, F. Uh, no, you'd, actually, there's no A minor in this. It's just C, G, and F. Now, G is obviously quite a tricky chord for beginners to learn, but those that are able to, 
can do it and then they get used to changing quickly now if you were starting this off i'd start with just one strum but then i would um what's it i i'd go on to multiple strums per um per per verse so Basically, if you learn just one verse um, then um, and one chorus, that's what you need to say. Chris asks, do you color code the fretboard for the chords? Personally, no, I don't. Although um, that's possibly me uh, just not um, being, having this, uh, well, not um, getting around to putting on stickers. But actually, I personally, I'd prefer it if um without the colored fretboards now i know for some people it helps them with their learning but i like the children to get used to um where to put their fingers by visualizing it and looking at the um uh, and and not not looking at or not looking at colored dots because then Although it might take longer to learn, they can then be more adaptable later on. Like if you have a, a blue dot for the C chord and or you have, um, you know, two purple dots for um, the F chord, um, but then you go to A minor and A minor's 
in one of the same positions as F, that can possibly get a bit confusing, um, I find. Also, um, it means children are adaptable because if they, uh, it might take longer to learn, but in the long run, they'll be more adaptable. Because let's say you you're playing a song because that um, three little birds. I just did it in C major. The original song is in the key of A major. So if if kids then try to play along with the chords they've learned, it's just not. It's just going to sound terrible because it's not in the same key. So you have to. I like my kids to be adaptable in that way. If they if they needed to put on a capo, for example, you know they wouldn't then be able to use their colored dots to play a certain song. So personally, I don't color code fretboards. Um, it's, it, it's a great, I, I, and don't get me wrong, I think it can be a great thing for, <clears throat> for starting off, but I don't like it to go on for too long um, because so personally i don't teach the i don't teach the kids i just teach them where to put their fingers they um and they get used to it um they get used to the feel of the feel of it rather than looking for the different colors because so yeah per, that's just my personal opinion i guess people have different opinions the other song that I find is great for beginners is Skin by Rag and Bone Man. Um, so it's a very sad song, of course, but um, it's the chorus um, has. Um, the three chords, um, so uh, A minor, F and C. That's better. Okay, so um, so you go um, with um, skin. You go A minor and then F and then if they can G, but it works as well if you stay on C. The verse is a bit more complicated, but I'll um I'll I'll take you through it. Um so again, this is one that um I it's in um the version I'm playing uh, is in C major. The original is in F major, so um which is a bit more complicated, um obviously because you've got D minor, B flat, and then F. So um, that's a bit more advanced, but there's by no means if if children are more advanced, they can do it. So anyway, this is how you do skin. When I heard that sound, when the walls came down, I was thinking about you, about you. When my skin grows old, when my breath runs cold, I'll be thinking about you about you seconds from my heart the 
bullet from the dark. Helpless, I surrender, shackled by your love. Holding me like this, the poison on your lips. Only when it's over, the silence hits so hard. Cause it was almost love, it was almost love. It was almost love, it was almost love. When I heard that sound, when the walls came down, I was thinking about you, about you. When my skin grows old, when my breath runs cold, I'll be thinking about you, about you. When I run out of air to breathe, it's your ghost I see. I'll be thinking about you. Almost, we bleed ourselves in vain. How tragic is this game? Turn around, I'm holding on to someone, but the love is gone. Carrying the load, wings that feel like stone, knowing that we nearly fell so far. Now it's hard to tell. Yeah, we came so close, it was almost love. It was almost love, it was almost love. When I heard that sound, when the walls came down, I'll be thinking about you, about you. When my skin goes old, when my breath runs cold, I'll be thinking about you. So that's the verses and the chorus for uh, that song, and uh, that's how I do it on the ukulele. There's some, there's some more complex chords in there, but this chorus is quite easy to get right because it's A minor, F, C. Um, so those those are a couple of um, ukulele songs that I like to do now uh, for beginners. Anyway, okay, now. Christmas is coming up. I know it's the beginning of November, but for some of you, it's too early for Christmas songs. However, um, when we're talking about rehearsing for performances, um, you can't just, um, you can't, well, it, it, depending on how long you have to, or how much rehearsal you're able to have, will depend on how early you start. Because as a music specialist teacher, they get music once a week, um, which yeah, they're very lucky that they do with me. But the performances are entirely on me. I mean, I might be able to ask the class teachers to practice with them when I'm not around, but I'm not sure. So it all it all depends on how long how long you have to practice. But I'm starting now, and with my uh, summer, uh, my year two and three class. I've started Nazareth from uh, the film Nativity. Now, with this song, um, make sure you get the version from Sing Up if you're doing it in primary school, because it's a brilliant song. I love it. The film's hilarious as well. Um, however, 
um there is one line that um sing up actually got in trouble for for including they then removed the song and then changed that line um but if it's unnoticeable to kids um and that is um in the first verse there's um a line that goes there they joined hand in hand this is no one night stand the wedding is being planned so that line this is no one night stand um the thing i've actually got into trouble for that but um they changed it to parents join hand in hand this is our one night and the wedding is be so yeah if you um that makes a huge difference because um um and it's barely noticeable like i the first school i did it with i forgot to uh change that line and i got into a bit of trouble for that and they made me do a different song with the kids um but um the subsequently in subsequent schools i've been able to do this song no problems and no one's even noticed that that line's different so anyway um here we go so this is nazareth from uh, the film nativity <laughs> that song um and yeah as long as you make sure you change that line it should be no problem to do in primary schools now last song i wanted to do um is a primary school classic one that um is probably the main reason why people signed up to sing up in the first place and one of the main reasons people still sign up to it which is believe by lynn marsh um yeah, it's an absolute classic song that's done by choirs in big primary school sings at the Albert Hall and big concert halls. Um, yeah, so I wanted to I wanted to just play that to you. So in case you haven't heard this, you probably have if you've got primary school children or are in primary school. Mm-hmm. 
I look up to the stars, there's a burning deep inside me, and I know the power growing in my soul. Out of love, there is something I can send deep within a dream to guide me, and I know that I am reaching for my goal. I can do anything at all, I can find the highest mountain, I can feel the ocean falling wild and free. I can be anything I want, with this hope to drive me onward, if I can just believe in When the skies are dark and grey, we still know the sun is shining. Though it's out of sight, its light is growing still. And as long as I believe, there is nothing I can wish for, but a dream that I'm unable to fulfill. I can do anything at all, I can climb the highest mountain, I can feel the ocean falling wild and free, I can be anything I want, with this hope to drive me onward, if I can just believe in me. And whatever it takes, I'll find it somehow. Whatever it takes, I'll show up strong. Whatever it takes, I'll make it happen. Finding out where I belong. While the world is spinning down, I can sometimes lose direction. And I know how hard it is to find my way. Friends around to care. There is nothing I can handle, and I'll face the future treasuring each day. I can do anything at all. I can climb the highest mountain. I can feel the ocean falling wild and free. I can be with this hope to drive me onward, if I can just be Sorry, I played a few wrong chords there. It's been a while since I've um, played that song um, or, um, or, or listened to it. But anyway, yeah, that's like the um, ultimate uh, primary school leavers song or primary school big get together, making the parents cry type song. Anyway, I'm going to have a news break and uh, another word from one of our sponsors. And then it'll be time for Matthew Wards to join us as a guest. 
This is Teachers Talk Radio. Come on, use file. Don't let me this down. This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this is Teachers Talk Radio News. This is Teachers Talk Radio. Okay. This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this right, is well, Teachers Talk Radio that's not, um, News. Gonna happen. Um, well, what I'll do, I'll try and, um... In a teacher's talk, Red... I'm not sure why none of my, uh, jingles are, are playing. It's really, it's really this bizarre, is but, um, talk what radio. I'll do is, and I'll, um... is Teacher's Talk Radio I'll, um, News. Basically, the news, um, this weekend is a, about an article in, in a Teacher's the Talk Guardian. Radio News special. Um, we focus on reporting I'll the Guardian you, newspaper, where two Ofsted inspectors um, voice their fears for vulnerable children being educated in unregulated facilities. According to a report in the Guardian newspaper, sector. some vulnerable children, so excluded from what, mainstream um, schooling, are being educated in unregulated the, uh, and illegal schools, some based in caravans so on farmland and on industrial estates and business parks. Ofsted inspectors have reported to the Guardian in an attempt to lift the lid on a murky world. Yeah, Victor Shafi and Sue Will, who focus on unregistered and illegal time. schools, brought okay. to the inspectorate's attention through referrals from a worried right, parent or local authority, works. say alternative provision for children who cannot right. be accommodated in mainstream um, education is complex and growing. For most and children who are struggling um, yeah, in mainstream schools, there are high-quality state-funded pupil referral units and good independent alternative provision which is registered and monitored by Ofsted. You've and these can offer a good short-term oh, fix. But because of a shortage is. of places oh in this provision, there is also playing. a growing sorry, unregistered sector, which is what concerns I, Ofsted. Right, if an AP offers part-time provision, it is not required to register and so will not be inspected by Ofsted. It only becomes illegal if it is not registered and is offering full-time or... Oh my God, I've just read... I just realised what's going on. So I had Boom Audio. Um, so basically, I've got an EQ called Boom Audio. And, um, oh, God, I'm sorry, really sorry about that, everyone. Because um, I've got an EQ. I, I had to close down my EQ because it wasn't playing through Brave Browser. Right, okay. Mm. Matt, you can hear me and, you can, and you're sounding good. Just say hello. Hello. Right, sweet, okay. Right, I'm actually going to play the news now and not interrupt, and then we'll talk after the news story, um, and then I'll Excellent. play the adverts. For almost full-time education. Apologies, this everyone. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. In a Teachers Talk Radio News special, we focus on a report in the Guardian newspaper where two Ofsted inspectors voice their fears for vulnerable children being educated in unregulated facilities. According to a report in the Guardian newspaper, some vulnerable children, excluded from mainstream schooling, are being educated in unregulated and illegal schools, some based in caravans on farmland and on industrial estates and business parks. 
Ofsted inspectors have reported to The Guardian in an attempt to lift the lid on a murky world. Victor Shafi'i and Sue Will, who focus on unregistered and illegal schools, brought to the inspectorate's attention through referrals from a worried parent or local authority, say alternative provision for children who cannot be accommodated in mainstream education is complex and growing. For most children who are struggling in mainstream schools, there are high-quality state-funded pupil referral units and good independent alternative provision, which is registered and monitored by Ofsted, and these can offer a good short-term fix. But because of a shortage of places in this provision, there is also a growing unregistered sector, which is what concerns Ofsted. If an AP offers part-time provision, it is not required to register and so will not be inspected by Ofsted. It only becomes illegal if it is not registered and is offering full-time or almost full-time education. The report considers that the landscape becomes even murkier when children who have been excluded are referred to oversubscribed pupil referral units. They may then be subcontracted to an unregistered setting. And it can mean that troubled and challenging children, some of whom the report states are as young as five, are being sent to schools in unsuitable accommodation with unqualified staff and may be receiving little in the way of education. Shafi, Ofsted's Deputy Director of Unregistered and Independent Schools, states, The big question for me is, what's happened out there? Have children suddenly become worse behaved? What is it that's fundamentally changed that means more children are going to APs and primary kids are increasingly going to APs? Because this area is so obscure, we just don't know. Sue Will is one of a small team of Ofsted inspectors who since 2016 have been going out to unregistered and illegal settings across the country. I've been to settings in caravans on farmland, we've been to grubby halls, another favourite is on industrial estates, she said. We've started to identify more primary children at these settings in the last 18 months, but that's not to say they weren't there before. We're really working in the dark here. There's no regulation, there's no requirement for paperwork, it really is the unknown. In a follow-up opinion piece by Amanda Spielman, those most likely to be harmed are being sent to places with the least oversight. It's vital all alternative provision is registered, she says. Every child, regardless of their background, deserves a good education and the chance to reach their full potential. But some children, often the most vulnerable, just don't get that chance. She goes on to state that whilst the government does not collect specific data, it seems a likely estimate based on the Department for Education's own statistics for England, that the number of children in alternative provision has risen by 14% over the last four years to more than 45,000. And with the detrimental impact that COVID and lockdown have had on many young people, she feels that we may well see a further rise this year. In light of the increase in the data, Amanda Spielman states that she's commissioned new research to better understand the role that alternative provision plays in the education system, and to find out why primary age pupils, some as young as five, are being referred to alternative provision in the first place. She acknowledges that the scale and diversity in the sector means oversight arrangements can be complicated and that the quality of education can vary greatly. The article goes on to point out that the law says that if an AP provider operates full-time, it must be registered with the Department for Education and be inspected by Ofsted. Otherwise, it is an illegal school but acknowledges that unregistered provision gets no comparable, consistent scrutiny. And for the past 10 years, the Ofsted has been calling for mandatory registration of all alternative provision, no matter how many hours they are open or how many children attend. 
She believes that without this, there is little assurance that their pupils are getting a good full-time education. Finally, the article goes on to acknowledge that no child deserves to be left to languish and fail, that schools need consistently good alternative provision that helps re-engage these children in education. Spielman concludes with the comment that children deserve no less. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News. Okay then, um, so I am now joined by a good friend of mine, Matthew Ward. Um, so um, Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, good afternoon. Um, thank you, Joseph. Um, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, yes, my name's Matthew Ward. I'm uh, founder of Club Minecraft, a um, LAN event uh, company, also providing LAN gaming services for conventions, um, also birthday parties and one-to-one education uh, sessions for single students or, or groups. Um, I'm currently working um, at further education level, providing uh, gaming development and IT courses at um, Farnham College at a BTEC and National Diploma level. Um, I've actually got a background in electronic engineering, um, biomedical science and business development, um, but turned my hand to education seven, eight years ago, um, providing education and gamification of learning through the Minecraft platform. Yeah. Um, I run weekly sessions for uh, one-to-one students, as I've said, I work with a, a handful of charity organizations providing special educational needs and autistic spectrum disorder sessions um, on our Minecraft server as play-along sessions uh, where we dive into the world of Minecraft um, and, and learn or specifically for uh, coding uh, or games development. So yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, because um, la- last week, and um, for those listeners that don't know, I am on the autistic spectrum myself, and so you know, I, I hugely, I, I love, I love everything that Matt's doing, and um, I regularly go and um, help out um, with or, or call cause chaos on your live streams and, but, <laughs> yes. uh, but also help out at the uh, at the live events um so yeah. yeah no it's um and yeah club minecraft is great fun it's um so matt's uh, got a server and um also uh runs as he said we run live party uh, uh, runs runs live events as well so matt um what I wanted to ask you about and talk to you about is um, the importance, how important it is for children and uh, young people to learn things about computing, computer science and working with technology. And uh, what what are the benefits of that and what are the consequences of not teaching that? So um, what insight do you have to that um, well, I I believe it is a huge, huge gap in the uh, in the curriculum for for um, technology and coding. Um, mm. If we look at industry today, um, outside of the sort of practical um, vocational uh, industry jobs, ninety uh, percent of, if not you know, ninety nine percent of 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 jobs out there have now some um, interaction with technology. 
uh, be it inputting data into a computer, um, be it um, spreadsheets, emails, word processing, raising invoices, uh, managing finance through applications on computers, um, even, even down to sort of dishwasher repair technicians. Um, they, they've got computers and they, they plug them in um, and they have to submit, you know, all of their documentation through technology. Um, even the automotive trade um, has progressed so far in the last sort of 20, 30 years um, that, that now when I take my car for a service, the first thing they do is plug it into yeah, a computer. Cars have their own operating um, so systems now. <laughs> they do, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I've, I've even got RGB in my car. I was well filled. <laughs> for for those, for those uh, that... Makes it go, makes it go I faster. I think we better explain what RGB is for those that are not <laughs> oh, gamers. <yes. laughs> RGB. Uh, so go on, uh, you do it. <laughs> Yeah, so RGB is uh, uh, red, green, blue um, variable diodes, um, and there's been a, a move recently in um, computer and gaming enthusiasts to put red, blue, green variable diodes throughout their computer to make it look shiny and sparkly and all rainbow and pretty colored. Yeah, it's, it's basically, oh, look at the flashy lights. <laughs> Yes, it is. Flashy ones make it look pretty. Um, but in, in reality, obviously, it does make the computer work faster, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. We just keep telling De ourselves definitely. that. We just, yeah. <laughs> so. just like red one, red cars go faster, right? <laughs> yeah, so um, that's brilliant. Um, now... Uh, yeah, but if we no. yeah if we look at the uh, the the industries uh, that have developed you know over the past 20, 30, 40 years, um, we're increasingly reliant on technology um and we have to develop the skills for young people at a younger and younger age um, because they 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 need to understand how to operate and interact with this technology and the pace of technology that's changing currently um is it, it's so fast um that that we we need to be reactive to that um and be able to teach young people that so it's it's twofold really the education um for teachers to be up to date on technology because you know if you were um teaching even five years ago um the difference between teaching uh, you know it five years ago and it today is hugely different yeah um so we need we need to get the teachers up to speed for them to be able to deliver to the young people. Um, and it's hugely, hugely important that we do that uh, younger and younger age. Yeah. Um, and I often say, because um, I'm, I'm at primary school level, um, but there's, there's, two thing, there's two things that I've, I've noticed. Um, one is, um, you know, I love being the guy that colleagues come to when there's a, a technical thing that they need help with. Um, however, there can, and I'm not saying about that about my colleagues now, however, they're, they're just generally some of the problems that teachers uh, come to or adults in primary schools come to those that are more technically minded um, are super simple um, to, to, mm -hmm. to people like, like us and it's, there's just a huge fear of using technology among some people, um, but uh, yeah, the sort of tech technophobes of the world, yeah. as, as we call the them. other thing is, um, and this is something that I've noticed um, 
lot of primary schools um and i'm i'm working on this in my current school but a lot of primary schools are only using touchscreen devices at the moment and then when they get to secondary school um some some of the other uh, minecraft educators that i know um will often say okay time for a new batch of year sevens many of whom will have never uh, never used a mouse and keyboard before and so we've got to basically yep. start from scratch there <laughs> yeah um and give you know the, the fine motor skills and um sort of hand-eye coordination that go with using a keyboard and mouse you don't you don't appreciate as a as a grower well, as an adult how difficult it can be um as as well as the club minecraft thing um i um i run a, a scout group in guildford and i regularly work with the the beavers so the six to eight year olds mm. and the cubs uh, eight to ten and provide sort of gaming sessions or creative media sessions for them um maybe once uh once every two or three terms um and the majority of the kids have never used a keyboard and mouse um and they they you know they they twist the mouse or they they lift it up and you think oh my goodness um but you know that that just shows that we need to um instill um these skills at an earlier age um so that when when they do get to secondary school when they are being taught information technology as a specific subject um they're not overwhelmed by it yeah and um i think what we've um what i've noticed um with re yeah with regards to um, touchscreen devices they are getting better at doing a lot of things however they mm -hmm. still there's no comparison between touchscreen devices and mouse and keyboard absolutely no comparison no, no. and the majority of touchscreen devices that do have some way to sort of type on the keyboard there's an on-screen keyboard anyway um, but you could always get a, like a USB keyboard or a uh, what is it Bluetooth keyboard um, to go with that to support that student and, and get them used to touch typing get them used to inputting using keystrokes rather than tapping on the screen yeah um, so I think because I think for this so I, I don't know what you think of this statement but for my from my point of view um, the and you know I, as much as I do not like any of the Tory education secretaries we've had in the past 11 years at all um, <laughs> one thing that I do like is that the uh, computing curriculum has moved away from being consumers to being perhaps more creative and um, that is a good thing because um, and you know some teachers might not approve of that that's because they're afraid of it but actually if you're just teaching uh, kids how to use stuff made by other people that's not really computing education is it um, whereas if you teach them the, how it all works it's way better yes absolutely so teach them from the ground up um take take them back to you know the birth of computing this is what a computer is this is what we use it for now these are the tools that are available to you through the computer um and you are able to create you know, x y and z um my my daughter um is is very much into art and and drawing 
um, and I'd say 60, 70% of the time, um, she's creating um, drawings on, on a drawing tablet, um, a touchscreen one with a stylus. Nice. Um, but she, she loves creative media. Um, and I've, I've kind of pushed her towards the, the digital side because I know that, um, you know, as, as technology, uh, the use of technology um, increases, um, the sort of pen paper aspect of, you know, commercial artwork um, will soon be phased out um, <coughs> if, if it hasn't been already. Um, I'm not quite in touch with the sort of commercial media, um, but I, I, w- I would hazard a guess that a lot of all of the um, artworks that we see for, for billboard magazines, um, adverts, um, even down to sort of um, most of the comic work. So I've got a couple of friends who work in comic book art um, and it's, it's all done digitally. Um, and, and giving younger people the experience of these tools um, and how and, and giving them the opportunity to, to learn and, and create with them um, can never be a bad thing, right? No, and because um, of the nature of my school, um, I do have um, some parents that are sort of very anti-technology full stop, um, but... Um, mm. But then there are others that, although they chose this school and perhaps one of the reasons they chose might be to get kids outdoors, it doesn't mean that um, you have to completely abandon technology. You know, geocaching is a fantastic example. That's use of technology and also exploring outdoors. You know, the two things don't have to be completely separate from each other. It's just about balance, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say it's it is about balance and moderation. Um just like you wouldn't always feed your kid the the same sort of three items of food every yeah. day. Um you you wouldn't necessarily use the three you know only three teaching techniques or styles of teaching. Uh you'd use a broad stroke, a broad approach across all of the tools that are available to you. Um, even, even, even in sort of music production, as I was sort of thinking as you were talking, um, um, I've got a couple of friends who are into music production and it's all done digitally. I mean, they have, they have instruments where they record, but the recording is done into a computer and then from there it's manipulated, it's down mixed, it's cut, um, you know, um, and giving, uh, and, and blurring the lines between sort of um technology and and outdoor pursuits as you say the geocaching that we've we've done with the scouts um Mm. that is absolutely amazing um but things like um so we do orienteering um but we use gps uh, navigation as part of that um because you know as as gps navigation has become more uh widespread um the 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 need for young people to understand what technology is available to help them um we've needed to be able to provide that for them yeah so um let's uh talk minecraft now um so um you um you started club minecraft um as in response to sort of your eldest son wanting a LAN party is that correct Yes, so my eldest son, who's now 15, going on 21, as they always are, um, wanted a 
Yeah, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Wanted a Minecraft birthday party. Um, and being the, the gamer that I am, um, I, I decided that I can, you know, buy a network switch off of eBay for, uh, I think it was 99p, mm. um, and some network cables. And I, I cut up and laminated some little sort of um, lanyard um, passes for, you know, Bailey's birthday party, um, LAN event one, um, and, and threw together this little LAN party. Um, and, yeah, everybody had an absolute whale of a time. Um, I even bought little prizes put together a, a couple of little games for them to play. Um, and it turned out that one of his best friends um, at the time couldn't actually, uh, couldn't actually attend his birthday party and was absolutely gutted that he missed it. And his dad, um, actually, you know, Nathan, yeah. um, who helps out at the events. Yeah. He, um, he was absolutely gutted as well. Cause he was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. I, you know, can I, can I come down? Can I, yeah. Can we, can we do it again? I thought, yeah, I mean, I've got all the stuff here. You know, there's no reason why we can't do this again. Um, so we, we we did another one. Um, but this time I put it on uh, like a Facebook uh, resident society group that mm. we've got in our area that's just covers like five or six streets. Okay. Um, and then suddenly, <coughs> boom, we had like 19 kids turn up with their laptops going, can we play? I was like, okay, um, this is going to be a thing. Um, and then just grew from there, yeah. really. And it's since snowballed into um, people making their own mini games for you, you teaching people about coding and programming through Minecraft, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely snowballed. Um, just it, it, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's uh, it really ran away. And the and the more that I I do for it, the more interest um, I get, which is absolutely amazing. Um, but we're having now the the kids who were sort of first coming to those first events um, are now sort of seventeen, eighteen, <laughs> um, and are, are coming back as admins on our server. Yeah, They're also just right. they've learned coding. Yeah, Josh, um, Phoenix, um, and they're 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 coding, you know, plugins and mini games, um, building mini games um, uh, that we then host on our server and use in our events. Um, but a lot of them, if not <laughs> if not all of them, are studying IT at college at university mm -hmm. level, um, and and giving them the opportunity um, to do something that they're passionate about um, in a fun and creative way and environment. Um, I think may have um, led them to pursue um, the the academic path that they're on so now. So they um, and we certainly as a as an as a as an organisation, we absolutely love the the, the passion um, that they have for what they're doing um, and the amount that they want to be involved in Club Minecraft. Yeah, as uh, that has that has um, really amazed me as well because I'm 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 a busy teacher, so I I can't always be around, but. I do, I do love coming and visiting and joining in live streams when I can. And, uh, I, you know, I do want to learn more coding, <laughs> but it's something that perhaps mm. sometimes gets a bit overwhelming for me. However, um, you know, I, I've got a few basics down. But, yeah, um, that's that's right example right there. You know, the um, gives kids something that they're passionate about and uh, they'll take those opportunities further and it just because it just takes it from there doesn't it yeah absolutely like you you can identify you know the the skills they have and their passions and then just nurture that and and grow that i mean we're 
as, as my wife and I are very um, keen as parents to to see our children succeed, as every every parent is. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that some parents aren't, um, but we 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 like to identify where our children have their passion. Um, and um, that links in with the skills that they have, and we, we, we nurture that, and it was the same at Club Minecraft. The kids that were coming through in those early events were so passionate about, about Minecraft, um, and we, 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 we got to the point where we were running events you know, every four weeks, and it was the same kids coming back time after mm. time, um, and, and seeing them come back now, um, after completing their sort of CCMPs, um, their Cisco uh, um, awards, or, or coding, you know, a huge Java plugins from the ground up, and chucking them back, saying, "Hey, we've just made this mini game. Just <laughs> run that for you." And there's a whole mini game just done. Um, yeah. It's absolutely, absolutely. I'm so, I'm so proud of them. Yeah. Um, from what they've achieved, um, and I keep looking back at all because we've got the um, some of the photos on our website. Mm. Keep looking back at the really early events and seeing all these tiny little humans yeah. um, that are now like six foot two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Do you know? And do, which uh, do you know what though? Yeah, it's um, I've <laughs> I've been coming to Club Minecraft and since 2018 is where I've been most of it. So it, just in those three years, I've seen the growth spurts that that some of some of them have had um as and and the, the passions that they got and uh i just want to point out as well that yeah you've you've done some work with people on the spectrum people with uh, special needs and obviously there's someone who's on the spectrum i'm a huge advocate for that and uh last week um we had uh, lisa and donnie on and uh we've collaborated with Famalana, haven't we we have on several occasions we've had um crossover events where we've invited the famalama um players to to join us on saturdays and we've gone head to head in the team games um and similarly when they've uh, they run um, some events on sunday evenings afternoons um and have extended the invite back and it's it, it's really nice um to to know that there are other people out there other servers out there um, and and to have um, links with different servers, and different communities of players um, that are on the same level, um, are passionate about Minecraft in the same way that we are, um, is 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 just really great. Yeah, and um, that's exactly what I want to do with my own Minecraft in education. Whereas what what I do with Education Edition is more school based, but it's similar in the sense that you can leverage their passion for the game and their enjoyment of it in ways that they can then access learning much, uh, much better. Yes. Yeah. So it's just a, a 3d environment where you can gamify any subject. Um, and the, the release of the Minecraft education edition and the plugins, tools and resources that are available through Minecraft and Microsoft, um, are absolutely astonishing. Um, obviously for a, um, uh, an education institution um, that 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 set of tools um, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, um, it's cool. Um, well, um, thank you very much, Matt, for um, joining me in my show today. That's uh, an absolute pleasure having you. 
It's been a pleasure being on. Thank um, you very much um, for, for having me on the show. And if you would like to find out more, you can follow Matt at uh, Club Minecraft UK on Twitter. Um, and they also yep. have a Facebook group. Um, website is www.minecraftclub.uk. And... Um, but just Google Club Minecraft and we're there. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Um, all, all the socials. All the right. Socials. And if, if anyone's um, around the Guildford area, have a look out for the next live event. It would be awesome to have you down there. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we've just launched, um, funnily enough, as of yesterday, um, ticket sales for our next IRL event, which will be the 4th of December. That's a Saturday. Sweet. All right. So, yeah, yeah. just... Um, keep keep a lookout for that um and yeah i apologize for uh, my tech fails earlier basically I, 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 <laughs> no it was brilliant I, joe I, 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 when i listen back to that i'm gonna be so embarrassed when i when i when i think fig- i figured out what happened so i've got this eq um equalizer technology called boom 3d on my computer mm-hmm. and it did it did play through it at the beginning my uh, adverts and my news and stuff but then it wasn't playing on my headphones but it obviously was playing to the listeners so the yeah so it was the ad, yeah, the ad breaks might have been a bit of a mess um and then uh, but we got <laughs> we got the news there eventually so yeah um yeah. right i'm it brings it bring it brought to mind the the sound clip that we uh, that the um, team lift made for me oh no Something went yes. wrong. <laughs> Joe, what did you do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that's uh, it. Right. Well, um, yeah. I, anyway, but thank you again, Joe. Yeah, thank thank you. you for coming on, Matt. And I'm just going to close out no with a word from our sponsors. And then I better log off because I've overrun by a few minutes. Um, see you later, Matt. Thank you. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Okay, so um, the advert file isn't currently playing, so I will read it out myself. One of the sponsors of this show is Oxford University Press. If you need support with your phonics teaching, Oxford University Press now has three D of E validated programs to help you. Read, write, ink phonics, floppies phonics, and the brand new essential letters and sounds. Essential letters and sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust England Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. To find out more about these programs and receive support from your OUP expert and local education consultant, visit www.oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. That's www.oxfordprimary.com slash phonics. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. And um, thanks for coming, Matt, for being my guest. And I will see you next time. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time.
on Teachers Talk Radio.